Tom Appel joins us frequently on WGN, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, the host of a podcast called The Car Stuff. Car Stuff is the podcast. Hey, Tom, thanks for joining us again. You're on WGN. Oh, good morning. Thank you. By the way, do you have an opinion about Major League Baseball speeding up the game? I'd rather they didn't. On the rare occasion I go to a game, I just want to sit back and relax. I love a pitcher's duel. I don't, yeah, rushing it feels synthetic. That's what our morning guy here says. Bob Surratt says, where have I got to be? I'm at the ballpark. What's the hurry? So he's yeah. got the extra, he's got the extra half hour. Um, that's, you know what I think the difference is, though? I think if you're at the ballpark, you don't mind as much. But when you're watching TV, you're clicking around. It's going slow. There's other options nagging at you. You can, you know what I mean? I, I wonder if the difference is being at the ballpark versus watching it on TV. I don't know. I don't know. Let's, that uh, makes sense. I mean, if you're at the game, you have the time if you're watching on TV. And the TV audience is the money audience. So I guess that's the way they're going. You have um, talked to us in the past about electric cars, about Teslas, yeah. about Elon Musk. All three of them are in the news today. Let me just start here. This is from Reuters. Tesla and its chief executive, Elon Musk, were sued on Monday by shareholders who accused them of overstating the effectiveness and safety of their electric vehicles, autopilot, and self-driving technologies. There's a long piece in the... I think it was New York Times, maybe it was the New Yorker, where the writer actually looked into the technology and Elon Musk's attitude about how safe his cars are or are not when they're on autopilot. Can you talk a little bit about the crashes that take place when people have a Tesla on autopilot, how safe they are, that sort of thing? Yeah, there's a couple of things that happened here. One is, is the, the name of the system itself. It used to be called autopilot. The more advanced system is now called full self-driving, and both of those wildly overstate the effectiveness or, or the, the general reach of those systems. But they work pretty well. There are a couple systems out there right now, Ford called you know, Blue Cruise, Ford has Blue Cruise, General Motors has something called Super Cruise, and these are all semi-autonomous systems that allow you to take your hands off the wheel but still require you to pay attention to what's happening in front of you. Um, and, and the Tesla system famously isn't very good at keeping track of whether or not the driver is paying attention. And further, the Tesla system, unlike the General Motors and the Ford system, is a bit of a maverick in that it'll drive on the ground on ground streets, not just the highway, whereas the other two systems, the Ford and the GM, only travel, only work on systems or on roads that have been mapped by those companies and that they have a really good handle on and know where lanes change and diverge and where lane changes might happen and things like that. So the Tesla system is, is overreaching by most respects uh, and is also having the most accidents. It has a bad time seeing things that are white. And every now and then you'll hear a story about a Tesla ramming into the side of like a white semi-trailer or the back of a police car with its, light, its flashers on. Um, and, and yeah, the, the National Highway Traffic Safety Association or Administration is worried about all these crashes and is now doing an investigation. An investigation, but there's also a lawsuit by shareholders who accuse them yeah. of overstating it. So people, I mean, the combined value once upon a time, a year and a half ago, the combined value of Volkswagen, Toyota, Daimler Chrysler, General Motors, and Ford combined was less than the value of Tesla based on the promise that these vehicles were going to change the world. If they've been lying to us or not being transparent about the safety of these things, then the, then the, the stock is overvalued and people feel cheated. 
Yeah, and, and, and finally, I think we're at a point where the, the exaggerations of what it is that full self-driving can do um, may be touching shareholders' pocketbooks, and that's that Tesla has been forced to stop production of vehicles with full self-driving now, and that this was a very profitable option. This is a $15,000 option on the car, plus a monthly fee to use it, so there's all sorts of money involved in this, and if people lose faith in it, of course, and of course if it kills people, uh, I think yeah. demand for the system is going to go down. I heard that one of the problems was that if, say, a, a police cruiser is stopped on the side of the road, a lot of times yeah. you'll hear that uh, a Tesla will run into it. And the explanation was that a stationary vehicle blends into the background to the radar of the vehicle. It can't distinguish between the stationary background and a stationary vehicle. It judges that that's the same thing, and it runs right into it. If it were moving it would know that's something moving, I need to steer away from it. But the Tesla doesn't know the difference, or at least didn't at one point. It, it doesn't always know the difference is how I'm reading it. And the flashing lights are part of the problem. Tesla, interestingly, is, claims it doesn't need to use something called LiDAR as one of the three components that you find in most of these systems, Ford and General Motors and Mercedes. They use, they use LiDAR, sonar, I'm sorry, radar, and cameras. And, and Tesla thinks it doesn't need to use a LiDAR, which is the most expensive component. And a lot of people, a lot of, of people who know things about the technical aspects of this think that the LiDAR would help them with this, but, but they're claiming that this expensive component isn't necessary. So it's just one more way in which Tesla's sort of gone maverick on developing uh, self-driving systems. Well, uh, talk to me about the price of the vehicles. Haven't they dropped, and hasn't that, in fact, helped the stock price, even though people feel like suddenly the value of their car went down when the price went down? But you know, that's been a new development and a good thing, right? Let's pick it up there in just a minute. Tom Appel is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. He's the host of the Car Stuff podcast. We've been talking about electric cars and Teslas. We'll pick up your phone lines in just a second here. You can be part of the conversation, 312-981-7200. What about the price of those vehicles, Tom? Yeah, Tesla did something interesting recently and cut prices significantly, 15 to 18%, depending on the vehicle. And I don't know that there's a consensus as to why exactly Tesla did this. There was the obvious move that they could have made to try to cut prices to make it under the, uh, the barriers for the new EV tax credits, uh, which limit the, uh, uh, the credits to vehicle cars under $55,000 and crossovers under $80,000. And this would help people get Tesla Model 3 and Model Y models under those credits, but it's also thought that Tesla might be acting very aggressively and trying to make things difficult for the competition. As we know from the last two rounds of, of uh, um, financial data from Tesla, they're doing pretty well. They're making money on their cars, they're very profitable, and they can afford to do this. So this might be a very aggressive and, and um, interesting move to try to make things difficult for EVs being built by other manufacturers. A lot of these companies that we know in the tech space, uh, Twitter is an example, aren't profitable. But Tesla is, right? They make billions of dollars in a given quarter, correct? They are now making money, and they're making a lot of money per vehicle. In fact, they're probably making the most money per electric vehicle of any manufacturer right now. Somebody said, are electric cars less expensive to maintain? Depends who you ask and depends who's doing the numbers. Uh, They should be very cheap to maintain because you don't do oil changes. You're going to do very few brake jobs. Uh, and there's no tune-ups to do. The motor should last the life of the car. The battery should last the life of the car. So what you're really looking at is tires and sometimes brakes and some very basic maintenance items. So the maintenance itself should be much cheaper. 
Please ask John Williams about the different Tesla battery technology and their life expectancy relative to range. Yeah, there's two technologies being used by Tesla right now. Overwhelmingly, most of them use just what we call lithium-ion, and that's what we've been talking about pretty much with electric vehicles. And they tend to degrade about 2%, 2.5% per year. So the battery should last the life of the vehicle with some slow degradation. So if you have a vehicle for five years, your vehicle should be maybe 95, 90% of its capacity that it was when you bought it. Tesla's also experimenting with, and Ford has just announced plans to use something called LFP, with it, which is lithium iron phosphate. It's a similar technology. It uses less of the expensive stuff, manganese and cobalt, so the battery should be cheaper. They don't have the density of the other batteries. They don't like cold weather as much as the other batteries, but they do last longer and they cost less. So good move for, for affordability, bad move for range. We've been talking about self-driving and Teslas. But those don't have to be the same thing, right? Not all Teslas are self-driving. So if I'm apprehensive about that, I don't have to get that FSD or whatever it is, correct? No, and Teslas have proven to be excellent electric vehicles. There, there have been quality control issues that don't affect drivability. People aren't happy with the quality of the paint and the fit and finish, things like that. But as electric vehicles, they're very well reviewed. So if you don't want the full self-driving, and just don't get it and don't pay for it because it's very expensive. The reporting has been, though, that Elon Musk's attitude about it. Some people have died. A lot of people, a lot of people, I don't know how to characterize it, but uh, there are plenty of reports of people that have been injured as a result of the technology and self-driving vehicles going awry. Musk maintains that you're still safer in a self-driving vehicle than you are driving it yourself. Statistically, more miles are driven without incident in, a, in self-driving cars than when people are behind the wheel. Um, what's your response to that theory or that philosophy of his? Yeah, first off, I think any accident in a Tesla is probably magnified by the media because there's a lot of media that just wants to report on Tesla, good or bad. So I think we hear about those crashes more often. But to Elon Musk's point, there is, I think, a caveat that we should consider, and that's that mostly full self-driving and any type of autonomous system is primarily used on the highway. So yeah. you're going to rack up a lot of safe miles anyway, yep. which will exaggerate, I think, the extent of the safety and, and the miles per, you know, miles, cra the crashless miles. I've been wondering about that. Is it really apples to apples? Because he says they're 10 times safer, 6 million miles before you hit an accident versus uh, 60,000 or 600,000. It's just so much safer in a Tesla. And I thought, well, you're mostly on the highway. Uh, there is a human being behind the wheel who gets warned if something is coming up and who is behind right. the wheel of a Tesla, but somebody who is invested significantly in it is probably a male of a certain age. It's not a teenager and it's not grandpa. So suddenly you've kind of defined a group that will take mm -hmm. care of a car, pay attention to a car, and put it in safe environs. So that's different than my kid going down the street in Chicago. That's exactly right. Yeah, it is a self-selecting group that should we, we should be able to assume that that's a safer group of people. A couple of calls here. 312-981-7200. Tom, you wanted to say what? You're on WGN. Hi. Yes. Uh, 62 years old, Chicagoland all my life. People that are buying electric vehicles because we got a, such a heat and cooling range. Would you agree, Tom, that a lot of people don't even understand the technology that they're trying to use? They don't even want to read the book. And there is a cooling system for the battery. 
because just like your phone, if it gets too hot or you too cold, you're going to see the differences of it being used. Do you agree that at the end of the day, people don't realize what the car is going to cost them later on down the road? Um, I, I guess I agree with that statement. Mike, I don't know that we know what that car is going to cost down the road. One of the things that we don't know about is resale values of electric vehicles being sold now. They're assumed to be high. They probably will be high. But if some breakthrough technology shows up in the next couple of years, if, for example, solid-state batteries, which are always in the future, uh, suddenly appear, then the value of current electric vehicles is going to drop, and that's a cost. And is your concern that the battery packs are expensive or require maintenance? Yes. Yeah, and I don't know that they will require maintenance. There isn't a maintenance schedule for them, but to your point, they are complicated, and people do not know that the battery pack is a more complicated thing than just the battery because you're right. It heats the battery. It cools the battery. It keeps that temperature constant, and it's an important part of the general well-being of the vehicle. I don't know that those are going to be high maintenance, but you're right. To your point, they could be expensive to repair. Well, I don't know how my gas-powered car works either, and I haven't read the manual. (laughs) So the fact that we are all stupid about these things doesn't change the fact that a lot of people want to drive these things. Thanks for the phone call. Does the road salt affect the batteries, says 630? Shouldn't, no. Are electric cars reliable when caught in a flooded road, as we've seen in California? Yeah, there were two or three cases. I'm trying to famously reported cases that were confirmed of batteries uh, of cars catching fire when they got wet. I don't know what happened with those. Uh, but for the most part, the battery pack is sealed and should be safe. Tom Appel is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive and the host of the Car Stuff podcast. Okay, Tom, the time flies when you're on. We always appreciate it. And you, thanks for joining us today. Pleasure was mine. Thanks, John.